0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Special Education Information. My name is Joy. My companion today is Sterling, my African Grey. He often likes to contribute to the conversation so you may hear him in the background. Today I want to talk about something that comes up quite a lot for me and has ever since I started teaching. And that is that teachers are the enemy. And we cause all the problems and all the woes in society, all the problems. I'm sure you've heard it yourself. And it's quite frustrating to be sitting there and listening to people complaining about how many difficulties are caused by teachers not being able to meet some incredibly high and impossible standard that the world has placed on our shoulders. Now, the more generous people, they're pretty good. They say, well, I think that teachers just need better education. When they go to school to become teachers, they're just not getting what they need. In other words, teachers are not getting the education they need to be better educators And it's kind of a round-robin situation there because the educators who aren't good at what they do are educating the people to be not good at what they do. Other people will say, well, they need better continuing education. Well, that kind of falls under the same umbrella of, well, continuing education is being provided by educators who are not considered to be good at what they do, and so they're educating educators who aren't considered to be good at what they do. And then a common one is, well, we need to stop tenure. And tenure, for people who don't know, is basically when you start working in a school district or at most education places, you get Two, maybe three years where you're an at-will employee, the supervisors can come in and say, you're done, goodbye, take your stuff, get out of here. But after you reach tenure, it's a huge process for them to get rid of you. And tenure is just one of those benefits that teachers get. And people are 50-50 usually about how they feel on tenure. Now, people who are less generous towards teachers think all of the above Plus, definitely, they are all about getting rid of tenure. They want teachers to be fired easier. They want the teachers to be fired more often, usually related to the students get on the tests, which we'll go into in a minute. They want the benefits to be taken away. And that's harsh because teachers don't get paid well most of the time. But one of the things that most teachers do get is a decent benefits package. And that is something they can at least count on when they do get to be teachers. There's a new one that's coming along, which is they want to videotape what's going on in classrooms. Now, when I first heard that, I was a little taken aback and kind of thinking, wow, that's almost uh, Orwellian in thinking But then a friend of mine came up to me and said, No, it's a good thing, because then people can see what we have to go through every single day, all day long. And they'll have an idea of why things happen the way they happen. And that maybe when Johnny says that another kid hit them and the teacher punished him instead... Well, then they look at the videotape and find out that the other kid didn't hit him first, that Johnny hit the other kid first, and the teacher punished Johnny because Johnny was the one who needed to be disciplined. And that kind of made some sense to me. So I'm 50-50 on the whole videotaping thing now. They also want teachers to have their pace docked if the teacher's kids do not do well on the testing. Testing is huge nowadays. It's been that way for several decades now. The scores mean a lot to the schools because it has to do with the funding and a lot of other different things, but taking away and docking a teacher's pay according to how the students do, it doesn't work very well because what people don't take into account is how many special needs kids are in a teacher's classroom, how many English language learner kids are in a teacher's classroom, How many kids in there have a lot of support from the parents versus kids who don't for whatever the reason? And so on. There's just so many different factors that can play into it. And like another teacher I was talking to who worked a special needs classroom, and she said none of her kids even knew how to use a mouse, let alone a computer, and they just switched the testing to be on a computer that year. And she tried really hard to get the kids to learn how to use the mouse for the test. But about half of them just couldn't figure it out. So if you docked her for the pay for what her kids got, she wouldn't have much money. And why teach when you dock her when she already doesn't have enough money to even be able to live on her own? She's still living with her parents, paying off her teacher loans, you know, to take more money away from her. She, she was, she'd just give up just quit and now you've lost one more really good teacher because she was an excellent teacher so that's one of the problems that people don't really think about when they start talking like that now are there bad cookies in the jar are there teachers out there that deserve to be exited out of the education system absolutely Absolutely. And I've worked with them and I have pulled my hair out trying to figure out how to work with them without losing my temper or something because they just drove me crazy at the things that they did that they shouldn't have. And I'm going to give you one example. One teacher taught very, very disabled kids. And one of the things that you learn up front when you're learning to work with special needs kids is that you need to have a schedule and it needs to be consistent. And he kept changing it, which was messing me up because I was itinerant and I kept trying to work with my student during the time that they were doing reading. And so I could pull her out to work on her reading skills. And then she would come back and they were having singing time and she loved singing time. Absolutely. Just adored it. And it was a great motivator for her to get her uh, time with me done so that she could go back and singing. Well, he started doing the singing time during what had been the reading time. And so I asked him and I said, what's going on? I said, you changed the time on me. And it was the only time I could work with her in my schedule. And I said, so are you changing the time to, to this new time? And he says, oh, I, I just changed their schedules. He's like, sometimes I put their schedule up on the board and then I just erase it and then we just do whatever. That is not best practice. That it goes against all the research that has been done on how you work with kids who have special needs. And I was so annoyed with him because it caused me problems because now she didn't want to come with me because she wanted to stay to, to do the singing time. And I had no slots left in my schedule to slide her into that would not interfere with her singing time. He kind of did a double thing because he messed up her reading time, messed up my schedule, and all the other kids were constantly getting confused as to what was going on. And he thought that that was okay. And I never figured that out. And another example was a teacher who would put marbles in a tin can and go up behind another student when they were misbehaving, and just shake them really, really hard. And then that kid would get scared, and then that kid would be scared, and all of the kids would be scared in her classroom after the first couple of weeks of the start of the school year. And then finally someone reported her, and she got a behavior plan set up for her, but they couldn't get rid of her because she was beyond tenure. And that's why I sit 50-50 on tenure, because I like having tenure, and I don't believe that I abused it, but that was a teacher who had tenure, and she did abuse it. I guess you just sort of have to pick which one you feel is best. Now we talked about some of the bad cookies. A lot of times you can put your hand into that cookie jar, and you're gonna pull out good cookies most of the time, I found that the teachers that I either worked with as a classroom teacher or as itinerant teacher, and when you're itinerant, you meet a lot of teachers, most of the time, those teachers that I worked with were good teachers, and I was so impressed with the creativity that they had, that they'd go the extra mile for the students that I worked with that had uh, a disability, they really cared about their kids and they really would go way out of the way to work with them and so I think people don't take that into account. I mean teaching is exhausting. You're there late so often grading papers and then you have to do the lesson plans when you're done grading the papers And you have to do it in that order you have to grade the papers and then do the lesson plans because when you grade the papers you see where the kids are falling apart and what you're not covering well enough and then you create your lesson plans and then you have to create the worksheets or find the worksheets and then photocopy enough of them for the students and if you're in a higher grade where you have five or six classes then you have to photocopy enough for all of those kids, and you've graded all their papers. Can you imagine how much time that takes? It's forever, but there is something about teaching that I think we get that you don't get in any other job, and it's a satisfaction of doing a good job, which you know when the kids are getting it, and they're enjoying it, and they're interacting with you, and they're smiling, and they're light bulbs above their heads are turning on and it's just awesome to watch the kids get it. I think it's a satisfaction that I just don't see other jobs getting to that point. For me, my satisfaction is teaching kids to read and to learn to love to read and to me I get so much happiness when I see a kid spell out words and sound them together and then learn to love a book. Like there was one kid he got in trouble because he kept reading books and he he would he would prop the book up behind like his history book and he'd be reading a Harry Potter book. And so I had to bust him for it because, you know, he needed to be doing history and not reading Harry Potter. So I had to take the book away. But it was such a good feeling to know that we'd gotten him to the point where he loved to read that much. That was awesome. And I like teaching literacy for a similar reason. And I also like teaching history because I really do feel like our kids don't get enough history in their classrooms anymore. I mean, I know it's taught, but there's just so much for them to learn. And I just I like that teaching them like social studies, things that affect the way they live now and the way they do things now and and why we do things the way we do. And I just enjoy that. However, I will admit, do not ever watch me teach math. I am not a good teacher of math. And when I have had to teach more advanced math. I can do elementary math, but the more advanced math, then I will trade with another teacher. I'll take their students for literacy and they take mine for math. And that's worked out very well so far and hopefully will continue to do so. And when I'm itinerant, I don't usually have to worry about it too much because they're learning math in a classroom and then I'm just working with them to support them as best I can. Another thing about teaching that I'm not sure everybody realizes is they kind of grasp it, but I'm not sure they fully get the full gist of it. Teaching is expensive. I decided one year I was not going to put any of my money into my classroom, would just work with what I could find in the school or in the district to run my classroom. That lasted one month and I was at the dollar store and I was buying stuff for my classroom and the dollar store is a very loved place by teachers. So please support your local dollar store so they can stay in business because you're helping teachers out in the long run. One uh, state that I worked in, they automatically right off the top gave you a $200 wave uh, on taxes just because you're a teacher. It even says on the form, you teacher, yes, check off $200. It was fantastic. And it takes time to do all that. You're either shopping for materials online that you know you need, or you're going to the dollar store and you're spending a couple hours picking out things and standing in line, and then you gotta turn the receipt in and maybe you'll get some of the money back and maybe you won't, and sometimes it's just not even worth the effort of turning the receipt in because you have all the stuff that you have to do to justify why you spent the money. You also have to deal with English language learners. The kids themselves are fine. It's not their fault that they come to the United States and they're not speaking English very well. And it's not their fault at all. But they do make it a challenge to teach them in the classroom when you speak only English or maybe you speak English and Spanish or English in another language but you can have kids with three or four different languages in your classroom and that's really quite a challenge to work with. Um, Six students have to deal with those kiddos. Uh, I had one throw up all over the desk right next to me and I got to wear some of that while that day was really not a pleasant day. And I've had kids come in with lice three or four times in two weeks and I couldn't help but wonder what was going on that this kid kept coming to school with lice and it was really not fun. And I had the kid go home and then they said, well, we're not going to send her home anymore because she's missing too much school. And I was like, well, then all the kids are going to have lice and that includes myself and I really don't appreciate that attitude coming down from admin on that one. We're also always having to be aware of situations that require intervention from Child Protective Services. We can lose our credentials, serve time in jail, and pay a fine if we ignore potential CPS situations. So don't get mad at your teachers or school nurses if they call in CPS because they don't want to lose all of that. That's that puts them at a high risk if they ignore a situation because it could be serious. And of course, there's always the pressure from parents that, you know, why aren't their kids doing well? Why aren't the kids being, getting straight A's? You know, it's all the teacher's fault that they're not teaching well enough and the kid is smart enough to be getting straight A's. But I've had a case where the kid wasn't doing great because they weren't doing their homework. And that's not... the teacher's fault the kids not doing the homework that's really falls on the shoulders of the parents and of course it gets also the pressure from admin coming down on you as to why the kids aren't doing well on the tests because you know for admin it's really important the kids do well and and I understand that perspective uh, maybe more than most there was a school and I worked in one time where They failed three years in a row to climb on the... You have to climb every year. You have to get higher. And they didn't. And so they sent in a person from the state level to take over the school. And every teacher that wasn't tenured, they fired. And then the teachers that were tenured, they sent out to other schools in the district and then brought in a whole new team of teachers. This is what irked me, was that if that teacher got the score of the testing to rise by so many points that that principal got like $10,000 at the end of the year, if he could get the scores to rise up. And to me, that is not cool because that school was in a lower income area and the teachers were putting their money into the school to try to keep it going. And because they were unsuccessful with all the, most of the kids didn't even speak English in that school. So the kids were not doing well on the test because of that. So what are the teachers supposed to do? I just thought that was so cruel to do to the teachers, to make them, to fire the ones who were trying everything that they could. And then teachers that I just thought were excellent that I got to interact with, they had to leave that particular school because the kids weren't doing well. And one teacher said that usually she started with 30 kids all the same, and then by the end of the year, 15 of them would be gone, and there'd be a new 15 instead. And so she's like, what am I supposed to do? These kids don't speak English, and half of them are gone by the end of the year. It used to be the teachers were thanked, and they were appreciated, and and we were told, oh, you're changing the world, and I can't believe what you do, and it's wonderful, and it's awesome. And that's what I was getting when I first started teaching but not so much anymore now it's sort of this oh you guys just aren't doing such a good job anymore and it's just too bad and you know all those things I talked about earlier and people will say that to your face now and it didn't used to be that way they'll say things like oh the test scores they're all just they're so low it's all your faults and They don't know what all the problems are, like the things I just talked about with ELL students and students being sick and CPS being involved in some of the situations and investing our own money and stuff like that. I mean, really, people need to understand these things. And they'll say, if education was better, then poverty won't exist. And if education was better, homelessness would not be a problem. And if education was better, druggies wouldn't exist. And if education was better, then sex-related problems at an early age, they wouldn't exist. Well, any sex problems, they wouldn't exist. But never mind that they don't want you to teach sex education in schools. Can't do that. Nope, not allowed to do that. But yet, it's all our fault that there's problems going on in that area. And so on. So then you ask, what can we do to solve these problems? What is practical? This is what I think. I think people need to get more involved. These people who complain and say those things, I don't think they have a right to say those things until they get themselves into the schools. People who are safe not the people that we don't want involved in schools because they're unsafe. And I won't go to further detail on that. But I think they need to volunteer in the schools or for the schools. For example, help out in the library. That librarian's got a lot of books to shelve. And the thing is, is that some of the schools have one librarian, maybe two for the entire school district. I'm sure that librarian would appreciate help in any way they can get it. I could be wrong on that because I'm not a librarian. I just know that I go into uh, some of these schools and there's no librarian around for helping the kids out. Help with the food in the cafeteria. They need help stocking. They need help just doing different things. You can find out. I mean, you can go to the secretary at the school or the principal and say, Hey, I've got Tuesdays from one to two free. What can I do to help out? Um, help out with recess time. Oh my gosh, it is so awesome when parents come and they help out during recess. Because it relieves the teachers from having to do recess time. And that helps the teachers to be able to work on some of the stuff in the classroom or photocopying things or just sitting down and eating a snack, which is just wonderful sometimes. Help with tutoring. Some kids just need an extra hand. Sometimes the teacher likes it. Or just help with grading while the teacher does the tutoring for the kid. Grading... Um, elementary pages is not so hard so much. Uh, art projects come in and help the kids do art projects. Sometimes some kids struggle with art stuff and the teacher is only one person and so they can only help so many people but if you go in and help with that project then the teacher can be more relaxed and help out more kids. Grading I think I mentioned earlier Uh, Sorting materials in the classroom. Sometimes things get all jumbled up. And as a teacher, I know sometimes I just had to kind of shove things to the side because I got to go chase another kid down who decided to wander off into the other side of the classroom. And I've got to go get them. So oh, well, there goes all the scissors and the glue off to one side. And then I don't have time to go and put it back. So having someone to come in and help me reorganize my classroom, that could be helpful. Um, and see what it's like, do it for at least three weeks. I'd say no less than three weeks, more if it's something that you've fallen in love with. And, um, and the reason for doing that is that you can really get a feel for life on campus. Um, and, and don't think just elementary, think also high school, middle school. I'm sure that they have places where they could use some extra pair of hands and, If you can donate extra funds or buy extra books, get the approval or get a list from the school of books that they would want. Don't just assume certain books because some schools are really restricted on what they can have in the library or in the classroom. Uh, Join in the school board. Get, Get in there and get involved and see what's going on that way. Attend the school meetings. See what's going on with the kids and... Uh, what's going on in the district because really if you haven't done at least one of those things or something similar and really really seen what educators have to go through in order to run a smooth and effective classroom or a smooth and effective school or district where all the students can get their education so they can be successful when they graduate then you really don't have a strong ground for, for complaining about it. And when you see it, and you see where their problems are, you might have a solution that nobody else has thought of. And if not, maybe you can help them do the solution that they're trying to do, trying to come up with. I mean, most of us as teachers, we went into teaching to help kids succeed at being adults and we start at kindergarten or preschool even. Or in my case, I went into teaching to help open up the whole world to them so that they can make a difference when they get to be an adult. Well, that's all for now everybody and I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it opened your eyes some to the nature of running uh, an education system And I hope you all have a wonderful day, night, evening, weekend, or weekday.